Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Approximate Podcast. My name is Jamie French, and uh, this is our first uh, live stream. Now, we don't have our normal co-host with us tonight, uh, Orion Quest and Diva Powers. Um, this is just an impromptu test, more or less, uh, but we're going to be doing these a lot. You'll be seeing these from me and from the other co-hosts. This is the first one. Um there's going to be some awkward pauses and some me shuffling around looking for notes and stuff, but uh, it'll get better as time goes on. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, so first things first, uh, because it's a live stream, we want people to be chatting on the chat board, and uh, you can also interact with us on our burner line, which is 817-673-3704. Uh, you can text us there. Uh, us, me. You can text me there, uh, and yeah, leave a text, and we'll uh, we'll address it on the show. Um, in fact, that's probably the better way to go because of the inherent delay in the streaming service. Um, if you put something in chat, uh, I'll read it, I'll respond to it, and you're going to hear your answer like six seconds later. But if you text me, that I can get you right away in real time. As for on your end, as far as you're concerned. Um, so, yeah. Jeez. Uh, um, uh, okay, well, first things first. First things first. Uh, <laughs> this is a, a, a hell of a day to start, to start a streaming show. Um, and I think we all know why. Um, so... Uh, like many of you out there, um, I've been drinking, uh, <laughs> and I think we all know why uh, we've been drinking. Um, uh, rampant alcoholism. There you go. There's a joke. Uh, but join me in a drink. Uh, I just came up with a drink that I really, really like that I discovered a couple days ago, um, and I think I'm going to make it the official drink of the Approximate Podcast. Uh Two ingredients. Uh, get yourself a little tumbler glass, and you're going to want to put, uh, say, about 75% Chardonnay. Okay, a little Chardonnay. And, let me put that down for a second. You want to put another uh, 25% Mad Dog 2020, blue flavored. Now, the important thing is, you know you have it right when the color exactly matches dirty aquarium water and I'm gonna call this drink the uh, <laughs> the approximate pot <laughs> I can't speak I'm gonna call this drink the approximate cocktail so cheers everybody take a drink and every time you hear one of our shows make this drink it's the official drink of the show I declare it right now okay so let's not uh, beat around the bush. Let's get right into it. The election. The election was yesterday. Uh, uh, streaming, it is the, the ninth, the day after the election. If you're listening to this in the future, because these things are recorded, they go up on the channel. Um, yeah, this is the day after the election. Um, hold on just a second. It looks like we got our, our first chat thing. Uh, let me see. <laughs> uh, we have 
uh, Dan, who says, I'm actually off of alcohol for a while. Chose a hell of a time to cease that, actually. <laughs> no, I, I feel your pain. I understand you. Uh, but good on you. Good on you for, for uh, getting back on the wagon. Um, I'm not there yet. But I'm not drinking as heavily as I used to. So it's, uh, it's not so bad. But eventually, yeah, I need to stop. You're, you're in a much better place than I am. Obviously. Okay, guys. So, the election. Um, oh, boy. Where to start? I have notes. I kind of know where to start, but I, I wrote them very loosely. Uh, well, let's just start from the top. Obviously, I'm, I'm a trans individual, and... Uh, there's a lot of parts about me that lean to the left that are very progressive. Um, and I, I, I stood up all night watching the, uh, watching the election results as they came in. And like, well, about half of the country was just getting more and more horrified as, as everything started to tally towards Trump. Um, and like everybody else that's on my side of the fence in quotations, just the heart was sinking, you know, and, uh, and it became, it, it, it felt, it felt like, like a nightmare was happening. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of you can, can relate to that, like almost exactly half the country can relate to that feeling. And I think that's, uh, well, I'll, okay. <laughs> I was about to get to a point I'm not ready to get to yet, but yeah, last night I stayed up. I didn't go to bed. I stayed up till about four in the morning just to, just to make sure. And normally if you've heard other pre-recorded podcasts, you know that I'm the kind of person that has always said that, well, Presidents don't actually matter in day-to-day -day life, and uh, and you only have so many years to live, and that uh, wasting time on a vote that's anything other than your your local vote is uh, an exercise in futility, because the you know the the president never actually really affects your day-to-day -day life. If anything does, it's going to be your local government, where you live within a, you know, 50-mile radius. The people that are in charge of, of, you know, your plot, those are the people that are going to affect your life, not the president. And I felt that way all the way up until the moment the presidential election started to come to a head. And I got pulled in. Emotionally, I got, I got pulled in. And I started, I, I kind of lost that sense of cynicism. And it, it started affecting me. And I thought I was beyond that. And, uh, and it, was, it was really disheartening. Um, I remember, like so many other people, I was, I was watching it through Twitter. Uh, but I remember, like so many other people on Twitter at the time, 
I was doing my fair share of drinking because it, the tallies just didn't seem real. It didn't seem like this could happen. And I was very upset. I was very upset. And I went to bed angry and scared uh, with a few other mixed emotions, but generally angry and scared. Um, but when I woke up today, the 9th, um, excuse me, I'm going to take another drink real quick. I know we're very professional on this show. Just give me a second. I, I, I still woke up in a state of disbelief, but here's where we get to what I actually think about the whole thing. And it doesn't matter what I think. I'm just some fucker, you know. Um, but in my own tiny, tiny, tiny way, uh, maybe what I have to say next will either help some people out or further enrage them. Um or maybe provide a platform for further investigation, which is always a good thing. I woke up angry and sad, and the first thing I wanted to do was go and recheck the results, see if anything happened during the time I had been asleep. Um, and of course, nothing had. The winner had won. It was, it was Trump. It is Trump. President-elect, still kind of weird and kind of hard to say. Um, but I was so upset that I I felt it. Okay, so they. I remember there was a um, there was a bit by Patton Oswalt uh, during one of his first specials way back during the uh, Bush administration, um, and. Uh, w, uh, where he said that the universe felt like it kind of diverged and we were in a different dimension and if things had gone the right path, we'd be with gore and things would be honky-dory. And I remember being about 20 years old at the time and not giving a shit about the election. I thought, oh, well, an asshole won. Eh, so what? Big deal. And then... You know, during the Bush presidency, I kind of felt, well, yeah, things are kind of weird. I could imagine things being better. Well, this time around, it immediately, like, just watching, just watching the polls, um, I felt like, oh, no, like, reality is diverging. And, uh, and, like, this doesn't feel real, but... When I woke up today, I questioned those thoughts. I said, what, what is wrong about what's going on now? Why does it feel so bad? I mean, obvious, the obvious answer is that the man's an asshole. Um, and we all know why we don't like Trump, for those who don't like Trump. Um, uh, whether it's the things he said or the things you feel he believes or his uh, lack of any kind of political experience, on and on and on, those things have been covered top to bottom, and we, we know why we don't like him. Um, but it was it felt like it was more than just a guy is an asshole. Because George Bush, eh, an asshole, but 
Yeah, you can see him as being president. Yeah, you might not agree with him, but something felt totally different about this. And when something feels that, when there's that much impact, I think that's a perfect time to try to step back and figure out why it hurts so bad. Because the over the overwhelming feeling is that it, you're blindsided by this, which means that you thought you had everything figured out. You thought you knew how the world worked. You thought you knew at least how our country worked. And so when it all feels like it's going topsy-turvy and like you're, like you're being blindsided, that's something that needs to be investigated. Because when it feels that strong, um, it's not business as usual. And that's your first inkling to know that this is not just about us versus them. This is something deeper. And so I wasn't satisfied with the way that I felt this morning. I couldn't just be angry and confused. I had to know why I was angry and confused. And I had to know why people in my position were so angry and so confused. So I just I went asking questions. Um, and I went to see what other people were saying about this. Uh either neutral sources or uh, people on the other side of the fence. I, I knew that I wasn't going to get any kind of answers from folks that were already on, in quotations, our side of the fence. So I did the, well, I did the thing that on paper we're all supposed to agree with, but none of us ever do. We're supposed to empathize. So I went and, and I, I looked up a few sources, or I came into contact with a few sources in, in my search for discovering how I could understand why this feels so different than any other election. Um, and I got some notes written down. I have a few sources that kind of helped clarify why why this feeling is so strong and why a person in my position and many other people's positions may not have the full story. So uh, I uh, first thing I saw, um, I, I went straight to my comfort zones. I went to uh, crack.com and uh, I went and there was a, a brand new article written by... Um, uh, David Wong on crack.com. You can see this article now. I forget what it's called, but if you go to crack.com and look up the latest David Wong article, you'll find it. And it, it was explaining uh, how could this happen for all the people on our side of the fence, the left-leaning progressive types. And uh, although David Wong has written several articles warning progressive types and liberal types and left-leaning types, how this could actually happen. It wasn't until afterwards that uh, I discovered uh, 
in this latest article that, oh, it's all actually really making sense now. All the things I read prior to the election, it's all – there's some gravity here. Um, and I'll get to that later because the, the three things that I read, David Wong's article being the first, uh, ties in to the other two things. The second thing I read uh, was a Twitter uh, link that was put down by Joe Rogan. And uh, it was a link to a Reason.com article, um, and it really it pissed me off first. I mean, I was in this. I was looking for answers this morning, and I see this thing by David Wong. I read it, and it makes me feel fucking fantastic. Uh, I'll get to those details later. But then I read this thing uh, by uh, Joe Rogan's tweet, and the caption was like perfect, like clickbait captioning. And it's what initially pissed me off. Uh, and it said um, it says something to the effect of uh, President Trump wins because of uh, – I could pull it up on my phone right now. But President Trump wins because of uh, an inundation of political correctness over the past eight years. And that really pissed me off. Uh, but I decided that – I needed to see what the other side uh, thought. So instead of just getting pissed off and blocking Joe Rogan, uh, I went. I, I clicked on it. I said, "Okay, fuck it. Let me let me see how how right I am and how much I disagree with the article." Now the details of the article. Again, that's the thing I'll get to. The third thing that I came in contact with. Uh, in my quest for answers as to why this feels the way it does, uh, was listening to Jim Norton and Sam, the Jim and Sam show, Sam and Jim show. Jim, I'm sorry. Uh, right now, I can't be bothered with the name of your show. But the uh, the Jim Norton and Sam Roberts show, um, and listen to what they had to say uh, just a few hours after they had posted uh, their show. And yeah, and they were saying pretty much the same things that uh, that David Wong and the Reason.com article was saying. Which is this, and which is why I feel a little more calm about the election. Uh, What's, I'm trying to find a good way to put this. Let me start from the point of insulation. It's very, very easy uh, for a group of people to feel like they have everything figured out when all they surround themselves with is reinforcing ideas. And that goes for any side of the fence you're on, whether you're a liberal or conservative, uh, or even straight up the middle, or even completely remove yourself away from these kind of uh, political battles, no matter where you are on the spectrum, you're going to surround yourself with a certain kind of comfort bubble, where the only information you take in is information that reinforces what you already are. Um, 
opposing sides are a bitch and we'll only take in information that suits our purposes and this is something that we all kind of generally know this is this was not news to me but it made me realize um well before i wax poetic or philosophical let's real world stuff okay i'm i'm on the i'm on the twitter and I think even Twitter in and of itself is uh, is a is a kind of bubble. You know, if you're part of Twitter culture, if you if that's a part of your day to day life, that's already a bubble in itself. And then you create sub bubbles in within Twitter where you're only following or being followed by people that reinforce your mindset. Um, but while on Twitter, saying all that. Uh, I noticed most of my feed was um, people saying that we we have obviously the stupid we've elected the next Hitler all that stuff which is hyperbole uh, you know I don't think we elected the next Hitler um, but by and large that fuck Trump. What this really means is that the people of our nation, the people of America, are hateful and racist and sexist and every other ist you can think of. And that felt immediately, that felt really good to agree with. It felt really, really good to agree with because we simplify our enemies. We simplify our enemies. And I, I know where you think I'm about to go with this, and I don't want you to lose heart. I'm still a good person. But through the articles and through the radio shows, um, it wasn't just those three, but those were the main three. I, mean, I listened to Bill Burr, and I, listened, I read some other things, you know, like we all probably did. Uh, but I went with a very specific goal in mind to find out why this isn't a false reality. This is exactly real. And people that think that this is a sub-reality aren't living in reality. Because this is, this is the way it's actually went. And if what happened during the election defies our expectations to the point where we think we're living in a separate reality, maybe we're the ones that aren't paying attention to reality. Maybe we all get a little too comfortable with our own um, ideologies. So I listen and I read and I see a common thread. And that is, uh, hold on, okay. um, that is, if you look at your life, and this is a thing, that, if you look in your day-to-day -day life, and, and, and you go to the store, and you go and you meet your teacher, and you go and you talk to your parents, and you go to your friend, you'll realize that most, most of the people you know aren't dicks and when you're in the real world you can't choose who you come in contact with you're going to get folks 
it's it's the real world out in the streets is where you can't create a bubble. You have to go to the Seven Eleven where that guy who might have a different political viewpoint of yours, you got to deal with him. That's you have no choice. Um, and so when you're out in the real world, you probably don't come into contact with a lot of assholes, which means if half of the country voted for Trump, there's probably a pretty good chance that most of them aren't the racist, bigoted, sexist, etc., etc., that you think they are, that their motives for voting for Trump were completely against what you pegged a Trump voter as. And that's hard to say because keeping opponents feels good. It, it feels good to be righteous. But maybe, just maybe, there's something to it. This isn't about Trump. Let's make that clear right now. We all have very solid opinions about a single individual. And we may very well be right. And things may get very bad. They may. But we don't have to shake hands with Trump on a day-to-day -day basis. Well, we, we have to shake hands and look in the eye of our neighbors and our friends and the guy at the store and your bus driver and the person that takes your movie ticket. These are the people we deal with. And these are the people, half of which, voted for Trump. And we know that, by and large, they aren't assholes. We rarely deal with assholes. In fact, telling an asshole story is only interesting because it's such a novelty. So what is it? Why did, the major why did half of the nation vote for Trump, but yet they're not assholes? Well, it's because we have a misconception about why they voted. Now, loudmouth, bigoted assholes will always shout over the crowd, and we can, they're easy to point at. They're easy to point at and say, that's the asshole. That means they're all assholes. But we spent all this time thinking we were the silent majority. But it turns out maybe, just maybe... Maybe the other side was right. Maybe the other side was, in fact, the silent majority. But because we don't live their lives, we don't put ourselves in their shoes, we don't get a chance to understand why they actually voted, and we presuppose why they voted. In the same way that they probably presuppose why we'd vote for a particular candidate. This is the problem with tribalism. You find a comfortable place, you stick to the ones that fit that place the most. And you negate and simplify and demonize everybody outside your circle. And we hate them on their side for doing just that, yet we do it ourselves. I don't think most people are hateful. I don't think half the nation are hateful. I think there are a few assholes that speak up. And we go, ah, don't say that. That's fucking awful. But I think by and large, most people, and maybe this is something 
on the left that we don't get. But most people that voted for Trump voted for very simple, simple, simple reasons. They don't have to be nuanced reasons. Elections are a, are a thing of feeling because that's the way our culture runs. And so if they just feel that they need a certain thing to be done, that's probably what's going to win out in America. And they feel that something needed to change. The system as it stands needed to be brought down. And even though the figurehead that promised that change is not the best figurehead in the world, it was enough for them to go, okay, yeah, uh, I, I'll ignore the shitty stuff he says just so long as something different happens. And I think on a certain, I think on a level that's, that's acceptable. I don't, it's not as nuanced as, you know, we'd ideally like it to be. But that is the world we live in, and half of the nation doesn't care about the nitty-gritty details so long as an overall effect happens. And it might lead to our ruin. You know, I, I think anything that's worth doing is worth investigating and worth taking your time on, and patience is everything. But in an election where half of the people don't appreciate patience, which is not a fault, it's just different, but appreciate immediate action, which could be a fault, but sometimes not, they voted that way. And there was more of them than people on our side of the fence counted on. And I don't think it's about hate. I don't think it's about racism, but maybe that's just me not being as cynical as I would have been 10 years ago as a 20-something, uh, you know, you know, the type, the left-leaning, progressive, you know, it's easy, it's easy for me to, to put myself in that camp because I have all the hallmarks of that, you know, it's, it's, I, trans and weird and I live on the margins working in porn and escorting I'm a musician I'm like all these weird crappy things that don't actually like I'm way outside of the typical American experience which is something that a lot of us on this on the left side of the fence are we're fucking art majors and we're hippy dippy kind of people and we we don't we don't feel the kind of things that blue collar middle of the road you know flyover state kind of people experience and because we keep that bubble wrapped around us so hard we feel that well how we live is the way the rest of the world must live. And there's only a few fucking leftover cowboys in the middle of the nation, so they shouldn't count. We're a progressive nation, and this is the way... But we were wrong. It turns out we're wrong. The proof is in the election. It's not... It's not a weird turn of events where we, where we just, like, entered into an evil zone. We were just 
ignorant. And that's the worst thing we can be because that makes us hypocrites. For a left-leaning, progressive, um, liberal people, one of the main things we espouse is empathy. We want people to be good people. We like to think of ourselves as good people. We don't want to do harm to anyone. We want to be all-inclusive. But we're still apes, and we still need an enemy. And so we will still reserve the right to have an enemy in the form of the vast majority of people that actually voted Trump in. And if we were to actually stay true to our word, we would have gotten to understand these people. Like, you can hate the man. An individual is easy to pick on. We could pick apart Trump all day. But we're worried about the people we have to live around every day. And I got to tell you, I looked up these three bits of information and a little bit of other stuff. And I went for my morning walk. And I got to tell you, the this is I was still in the mindset where I was scared. And I, well, not like terrified, but wary. I was a little wary. And I went out for my morning walk thinking if I step outside, naively thinking that if I step outside the door, there's probably going to be people like, there's going to be people looking for someone like me. <laughs> like there was going to be like trucks of rednecks roaming around the neighborhood looking for black people and Mexicans and trannies and stuff. And no, it was a perfectly fine day and absolutely nothing happened. I, I walk an exact like one mile to my corner store and I was I felt so like I needed to protect myself that this was such a turn of events that I went out and I actually bought myself a knife. I went and I bought myself a freaking knife um, and brought it home and I put it, you know, in my little, I have a little belt that I keep around me when I take a walk, holds my water and shit, and I put it in my, just so people could see I'm not to be fucked with, all you Trump motherfuckers. Nothing happened. Nobody looked at me weird. It was it was like it was two and a half years ago or five years ago or seven years ago. The world's fine. The world's fine. Nobody was out to get me. Yet I, I, I was so emotionally invested in what happened last night. I went and bought a freaking knife. And then I came home and sat down and 30 minutes into my... A uh, little stupid workout that I do after I take a walk. I sat and I looked at my newly bought knife and I started to feel stupid. And that's why I went on my investigation about why, why this is affecting me and affecting so many other people in this, in, in such a visceral way. And look, this is just like, this is the day after the election. This is my first impressions trying to understand, trying to empathize, trying to be the good person that I've always thought I was by not just paying attention to the people I know I already get along with, but by investigating what I may have had wrong 
seeing as how the results are the way they are. So, in the next few months, and in the oncoming years, things are going to unfold. Life is never an easily wrapped package. There are going to be some good points. There are definitely going to be some low points. I say that with all certainty because there always is. Um, And what I've said today will be refined and molded, uh, you know, in time. This is, this is a first step. This is me trying to take the first steps to understand. Um, hopefully, with due diligence, uh, I imagine things will get better. Just <laughs> I, keep it simple, stupid, I think is the name of the game. Don't go nuts. Hold your breath. Count to ten. Concentrate on doing good things. Always. Not for now, but for always. Always continue being good. And as sympathetic and as empathetic as you can be, even if it means turning a sympathetic eye onto what you think is your enemy. Because I, I guarantee you right now, there are, uh, half the nation's worth of folks know somebody that voted for Trump that they would easily have a beer with or invite to a barbecue or go shop or is on their fucking Christmas list and they're going to buy a gift for. Don't go in for an argument, but go in and ask why. Create a dialogue. Instead of forcing an opinion, try to understand. Because you already know what you're good at. When you know that you're trying to be inclusive for everyone, you're already doing a good thing. That's, um, it's, uh, uh, there's no way around it. It's empirical what you're doing. Doing good things, making sure people feel pleasure rather than pain, you already know you're on the right track. So you don't have to worry about being a good person just because you open up your uh, mind to somebody that has a differing opinion than yours. Give it a shot. See what happens. Can't make no guarantees. But what can it hurt to extend a little bit more empathy to people outside of your comfort zone? And when you do that, well, shit. I mean, lead by action. If you do that thing rather than say a thing, people respond in kind. It's basic human psychology. So, with that being said, um, I do actually have some... Uh, I'm going to pay attention right now to the um, the chat thing here. And I know I got a text as well. Thanks for those who texted uh, for our first stream. Uh, let me go and pay attention to what these people are saying and respond one by one. All right? So here we go. Okay, so we got Dan saying, Some friends and family of mine voted Trump, but they had well-thought-out reasons and were smart about their decisions. They didn't just vote on emotion. Okay, that's a single instance that sounds... Well thought out. If we're to believe Dan, that's that's how you should vote. Okay? 
um, without the details, we can't make that any more interesting, but as far as a general feel, that seems appropriate. Uh, we got another one here. Um, responding to something I said earlier, uh, he says it's the guilty by association doctrine. Um, and then we also have also the sports fans doctrine. You see a fan of an opposing team and you deride them automatically based on their fanship of the team. Well, that's, again, that's pointing out tribalism, basic tribalism. You know, you stay within your circles, and even if your circles dictate that you're inclusive for everyone, you still have people outside of your circles that you're not willing to lend that empathy to. Um, so maybe try that. Maybe burst your bubble for a second. I'm not saying that you have to agree with your enemies. I'm not saying that you have to change your worldview, but you do have to adhere to your worldview if your worldview is one that's based off of empathy. Um, so don't be a hypocrite and lead by good actions. A basic takeaway. Now, I'm going to check the text here. Let's see, got people texting the burner line. This is actually the one of the first texts we ever have. Let's see here. Okay, so I got a question. Uh, this is uh, this is Daniel uh, from Twitter. Uh, my question to you for tonight's showcase is this: How do you feel about members of the LGBT community uh, which support and voted for Trump? Uh, look forward to tonight's show. Okay, so. That I do have something to say about. Uh, let me, again, we're very professional here. I'm going to take a drink real quick. Uh, I'll try to do it away from the microphone. Mm, that radio silence. Love it. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, I keep a very small circle of friends, and the only people that I uh, follow on Twitter are people that I've either met or have future plans to work with or people that I'm fans of. Uh, so I don't follow a lot of folks compared to the amount of people that follow me. Humble brag. Um, but out of the people that I do interact with uh, in day-to-day -day life and online, I've seen three uh, that fit that criteria. People that you don't expect to vote for someone like Trump, if you have that kind of you know, biased worldview. Um, I've known three that you'd, you, your first gut reaction if you're on the left is to say, dude, why would you of all people how could you? Why would you? How could you? And usually they'll either block you or they'll say, let's not get into it. I don't want to ruin our friendship or our online or future dealings. Let's just not talk about politics. And some of them are really aggressive. The, the three that I've been guilty of blocking, I say guilty of blocking because I'm not practicing the empathy I, you know, uh, would claim to expose um, the three that I blocked. Uh, I won't name names because uh, that's rude and it's not pertinent. 
but they all did have something in common. And I think uh, these were exceptions to the rule. Uh, all three of the people, of the uh, they're all trans girls, uh, male to female. Um, they were all into Trump. They were all around their early 20s. I don't think, I think one of them might have been 30. The rest were under 25. Uh, they were what the kids call shit posters. Um, they were very into guns, uh, and they were very into being, um, like, nah, 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 kind of personality. Exactly what you'd expect, uh, an angry young person to be, um, if, you, we know the type. A lot of us were that way as kids. I remember I was an asshole when I was a kid, um, I was an asshole in different ways. I never believed in guns or, you know, like redneck culture or violence or anything like that. Um, I was more subversive and trying to stick it to the man, um, which is what I'm sure a lot of, if not most, Trump supporters feel that they're doing. I mean, they're not wrong. Um, but these particular kids, uh, they almost you, – you could just change the names, the names around – you could just change the names around, and they were all the same kid. Uh, Gun-happy, shit-posting, young, angry people. And when you see something like that, and you've known people like that, you know that that's not... First of all, 20, these uh, most of these people were beyond the age of having their brain fully developed. They're not even fully adults yet. He, you almost can't blame them for anything. You don't know how they grew up. You don't know what their what their genetics are like. You don't know what kind of their their mom or their dad was. Uh, b- but knowing these types, usually there's a little bit of chemical imbalance involved. Uh, people that are preoccupied with violent behavior and um, and and laughing when they see people trip up and you know laughing at people's misfortunes if that person opposed their side and like making a big deal out of me being right and you being wrong um you don't want to dismiss those people those people need your help and your guidance they really need a positive influence in their lives uh but i separate those kind of people from the kind of Trump supporters I tried to allude to earlier. These are people that, and again, this is exception to the rule shit. I, you're just, you're happen, you're, you happen to ask me a question where the thing that I know about is very pointed. Um, but the three I had to like mute and block and not have them kind of be in my life, um, all shared the same characteristics and I should unblock them and I should unmute them and I should try to lead by positive influence to help these people because it's mostly a dopamine deficiency and anger is like the easiest way to make your life feel like it's worth living and so especially when you take into account like upbringing and stuff uh, these people may very well come from backgrounds and from uh, a genetic code that's predisposed to, well, being kind of antisocial. But 
I still give him the benefit of the doubt because early 20s. Early 20s. I was a dick in my early 20s. And now I hope that I'm doing okay. So I should give him a pass and unblock him and unmute him. Uh, because all that does is increase the bubble I'm creating around myself, you know, and, uh, and I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think we get to understand or appreciate actual nuance, um, until we get outside of ourselves. So, um, I think I got one more here. Let's see. Oh, okay. No, hey. Dan, thanks uh, <laughs> Thanks for sending in the questions. I really appreciate it. I really, really appreciate it. Um, so to wrap this up, um, to clarify, uh, I'm, I'm not a Trump supporter in any way, shape, or form. But I think if you want to feel better about what's going on in this particular situation right now, on the 9th of November 2016 in this very small sliver of history maybe take a second I know it's tough but maybe take a second to get outside of yourself and see how other people really feel about it and not just the cartoon versions that you've either made up in your head or that speak the loudest and see what's really going on and from that, from the information you get from those people, build a more robust worldview and do further investigation and figure out how to refine your goodness even more and then take that goodness and put it out into the world through actions. Not through words. Don't write a blog. Don't, you know, sing a song with uh, uh, fucking uh, lyrics you can't understand. Don't put it in clay or paint it with a brush, go out and really affect other people's lives through your actions and day-to-day living. And that's it for now. Like I said, in the future, uh, this shit will become more refined. And uh, we'll see what this, on the surface, what seems like a very scary future, we'll see what it has to hold for us. But it won't be that scary so long as we try to do good. And put love and hippy-dippy shit into the world. (laughs) So, in saying that, I'm going to close out this particular podcast. Everybody have a drink. Uh, Try not to beat each other up. Um, And keep making fun of Trump because he's an easy target and it's fun. But pay attention to your neighbors. All right? Everybody be good to each other. Good night.